Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. This week, with the 4th of July weekend approaching, a few quick notes. One, fireworks are prohibited in national forests. Says Aaron Kendall, fire management officer for West Virginia's Monongahela National Forest, setting off fireworks in the forest is not only illegal, it is also a hazardous activity that can lead to injury and wildflowers. Wildfires, not wildflowers. Be pretty cool if it could lead to wildflowers. And I'm guessing that if you took some certain herbs that you can find in the mountains, it may appear that they are turning into wildflowers. I digress. Back to Mr. Kendall. The use of possession, the use or possession of fireworks on public lands is subject to confiscation and fines of up to $5,000 for an individual, $10,000 for an organization, and or up to six months in jail. In addition, anyone found responsible for starting a wildflower, yes, that would be a wildfire. If you start a wildflower, if you start a wildflower, let us know because as far as we know, there's only one person who can do that. Anyway, if you are found responsible for starting a wildfire, you can be held civilly and criminally liable. Instead, Kendall suggests attending a fireworks display at one of the communities near your favorite national forest. If you're planning to camp or explore in a national forest this holiday weekend, check ahead for the fire danger if you plan to have a campfire. You can usually find that information on the forest website. In the case of some of the national forests, that information is posted on their homepage, such is the case with the Francis Marion and Sumter National Forests in South Carolina, where, by the way, as of Monday, June 28th, the fire danger was rated as low in all four districts. But you can also get that information in one convenient and cool location, the Fire Weather Intelligence Portal, now, the portal was created by the State Climate Office of North Carolina, but it provides fire danger information for 13 southeastern states. You can find that danger on a number of levels, by river basin, by forest service regions or districts, even by county. Even more cooler, you can find information on the specific factors that go into determining fire danger, such as relative humidity, temperature, heat index, dew point, wind speed and direction, and more. In addition to current conditions, you can also check out past conditions and get a forecast for certain indicators. Pretty dang cool. We will include a link to the site in our show notes. Finally, if it's only come to your attention that the July 4 weekend is upon us and you're slapping your forehead because you haven't reserved the campsite, stop the slapping and start the searching because indeed there are still campsites available. Here's what you do. The two big behemoths in the public campsite reservation business are Recreation.gov and ReserveAmerica.com. Go to the res their respective home pages. Both include a prominent search bar. In the search bar for Recreation.gov, type camping, 
for ReserveAmerica.com, you'll be asked for a preferred location. With Recreation.gov, for example, you can then enter your dates of interest. Let's say July 2nd through 4th. Narrow your geographic area of interest with the accompanying map, and the sites with campsites available will pop up. Sites like the Elkmont Group Camp in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Over on the Reserve America side, on the state park, uh, with the state parks, ReserveAmerica.com shows camping of some sort still available, still available at 23 North Carolina state parks or recreation areas. Who would have guessed that? Again, that's Recreation.gov, primarily for national forest and park campsites, ReserveAmerica.com, primarily for... This year's brood is the largest, according to Virginia State Parks, making 2021 the perfect year for observing cicadas, as billions of them tunnel up from where they've been dominant for, dormant for the last 17 years. A few important things to note, says Virginia State Parks. Cicadas do not bite or sting. They are not known to carry disease. They contribute to a healthy ecosystem in various ways, such as aerating the soil, supplying the flowering of trees, and providing important nutrients to their many predators. Fun fact, did you know that only males sing, and I say sing in quotes, and that their collective siren song, that also in quotes, that that siren song mating call can reach 100 decibels. It's roughly the equivalent of a lawnmower engine. Fun fact number two, and this comes courtesy of Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine. Cicadas are high in protein, low in carbohydrates, making them a great trail snack. Quote, you can find recipes for spicy popcorn or chocolate-covered cicadas that are perfect to jazz up your trail mix. When scavenging for cicada shells, be sure to gather them in a plastic bag and store them in the freezer for at least 30 minutes before preparation. Two caveats. One, if you have a self-shellfish allergy, do not eat cicadas. Their exoskeleton has a similar chemical makeup to shrimp. And number two, don't share your delicious new snack with your dog, as they can irritate the dog's GI tract. So what do cicadas taste like? Blue Ridge, Park, uh, Blue Ridge Outdoors doesn't say. But if you decide to ditch the gourd for the nourishing anthropods, do drop us a line and let us know. that's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have scheduled our first backpack trip in nearly two years on that iconic stretch of the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina and Tennessee, the 14 miles between Carver's Gap and U.S. 19 East. The trip starts over Jane and Round Balds, tops Hump and Little Hump Mountains, for some of the best views in the region. Shuttle and showers included. That trip is July 16th through the 18th. In August, in hot, steamy August, we will be exploring the cool waters of the Wilson Creek area of the Pisgah National Forest. This is a base camp backpack trip. We'll hike in a mile Friday afternoon and establish base camp near Huntfish Falls. On Saturday, we'll hike the Lost Cove Trail and spend some time frolicking in the frosty waters of Grag Prong. Sunday, we head over to South Harbor Falls and Harbor Creek for more day hiking and water fun. We've also scheduled our first 
Get Hiking Weekend Hiking Escape of 2021. From our base camp at the Curtis Creek Campground in the Pisgah National Forest near Old Fort, North Carolina, we'll do a pair of eight-mile out-and-backs exploring some of the oldest forests in the Pisgah. Breakfast is included. That trip is July 9th through 11th. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at GetGoingNC.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism, or maybe a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore. 